As Kwasi Kwarteng fled Washington to pack up his belongings at number 11 Downing Street, several Americans did not need to leave the country to face the consequences of their actions. This was a week when American chickens came home to roost for a variety of figures in the public square, none of them larger than former President Donald Trump. We have left no doubt none that Donald Trump led an effort to upend American democracy that directly resulted in the violence of January 6th. Congressman Benny Thompson of Mississippi chairing yesterday's hearing of the committee that's investigating last year's deadly riots on Capitol Hill by Donald Trump's violent mob. He tried to take away the voice of the American people in choosing their president and replace the will of the voters with his will to remain in power. He is the one person at the center of the story of what happened on January 6th. So we want to hear from him. To back up their demands that Trump now testifies before them, members of the committee, which remember includes only Democrats and a handful of dissident Republicans, engaged in some more spectacular theatre. Never before seen video was screened in an effort to remind the public of just how close America came to losing its democracy. As members of the mob were demanding to get their hands on Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House of Representatives was sheltering from them in a secure room, pleading with top members of Donald Trump's administration to send help as Congress came under siege. They're breaking windows and going in, uh, uh, obviously ransacking our offices and all the rest of that. The concern we have about uh, personal safety, personal safety is just transcends everything. But the fact is, on any given day, they're breaking the law in many different ways. And quite frankly, much of it at the instigation of the President of the United States. Alongside her, as she spoke there to the acting Attorney General, Charles Schumer, the top Democrat in the Senate. Yeah, why don't you get the President to tell them to leave the Capitol, Mr. Attorney General, in your law enforcement responsibility. A public statement, they should all leave. But it would be hours before Donald Trump acceded to that demand and hours before his rioters abandoned the Capitol, allowing Congress to resume its business of formally declaring Joe Biden the winner of the 2020 election. Now, the committee says the former president must answer for his conduct, and so in a moment of high drama they voted to subpoena him, legally compelling him to testify before them or risk criminal charges and jail if he refuses. The clerk will report the resolution. Committee Resolution 1 resolved that the chairman be and is hereby directed to subpoena Donald J. Trump for documents and testimony in connection with the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol. So what happens now? Congressman Thompson was chased through the hallways by reporters as soon as the hearing ended. Well, let's see what happens, you know. I mean, you don't actually expect he'll actually come and testify, do you? Well, uh, he's a former president. But he's, yeah. but he's fought subpoenas for... So, so many years. And the best thing I can tell you on that is ask is Donald Trump. As those questions suggested, it would be remarkable if Donald Trump suddenly decided to cooperate with the committee. Instead, he's likely to fight the subpoena and hope that in the midterm elections in less than a month, the Republicans triumph, take control of the House of Representatives next January and place all the investigations into his conduct neatly on the ash heap of history.
Democrats know their only hope of holding him to account lies in the hands of the voters, and for them the polls still do not make particularly hopeful reading. While Donald Trump continues to try and run out the clock for another scoundrel in American life, this week that race seemed to come to an end. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, please listen to your verdict as it is read. We, the jury, have reached our verdict as to damages in this case. We award damages to each plaintiff and against Alex Jones. And in the defamation trial of conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, a jury in Connecticut awarded a staggering $965 million to the families of eight victims of the 2012 massacre at the Sandy Hook Elementary School. The attack took the lives of 20 children and six adults. It stunned the nation and the world. But what happened to the families next became an early warning of America's radicalization and the inability of millions of people here to recognize facts. Alex Jones used his InfoWars broadcast empire to claim that the massacre never happened. The families were actors. No one died. It was all part of a government plot to implement gun control in America. Some of his followers pursued the grieving parents of the slain children, threatening their lives, threatening even to dig up the graves of their infants in a bid to support Mr. Jones's entirely false assertions. The family's lawyer, Josh Koskoff, spoke to MSNBC after the verdict was delivered. We're going to chase Alex Jones to the ends of the earth, just like he maligned these families for 10 years, exposing them to harm and uh, maligning them and ruining their safety and security. Erica Lafferty's mother was the head teacher at Sandy Hook who was gunned down in the attack. I wish that after today I could just be a daughter grieving my mother and stop worrying about conspiracy theorists sending me threats or worse. But I know that this is not the end of Alex Jones in my life. I know that his hates, his hate, lies and conspiracy theories will follow both me and my family through the rest of our days. As if to underscore that, Mr Jones provided grotesque live commentary on his InfoWars channel as the verdict against him was read and encouraged his supporters to dig deep into their own pockets to keep his conspiracy theory empire alive. 57 million, 20 million, 50 million, 80 million, 100 million, blah, blah. You get a million, you get 100 million, you get a 50 million. Number one, compensatory damages, instructions. Now remember, I'm in bankruptcy, we got two years of appeals, the money you donate does not go to these people, it goes to fight this fraud, and it goes to stabilize the company. They want to shut down, that's why the, 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 the ambulance chasers did this. And as he said there, his media operation is seeking bankruptcy protection from the courts, meaning that at least for the next presidential election cycle, there is every likelihood that he will remain a potent political force. The eyes of America shifted to another courtroom yesterday, this time in Florida. We, the jury, unanimously find that the aggravating factors are sufficient to warrant a possible death sentence. Yes. One or more individual jurors find that one or more mitigating circumstances was established by the greater weight of the evidence. Yes. Judge Elizabeth Scherer reading the verdict in the mass murder trial of Nicholas Cruz, the gunman who killed 17 in the 2018 attack on a high school in the Florida city of Parkland. He escaped the death penalty and parents of the slain children could not believe their ears. Laurie Aladef lost her 15-year-old daughter that day. We are beyond disappointed with the outcome today. This should have been 
the death penalty 100%. I sent my daughter to school and she was shot eight times. I am so beyond disappointed and frustrated with this outcome. I do not understand. I just don't understand this. And British-born Anne Ramsey lost her 17-year-old daughter Helena in the attack. The wrong verdict was given out today. I'm sorry, 17 people died. 14 beautiful children. 14. Three adults dedicating their lives to educating children died. And today we find out there's no justice for us. It seems that three jurors chose to spare the gunman the death penalty, believing defence testimony that he is mentally ill. In Florida, one of 27 American states that still permit capital punishment, the death sentence can only be imposed when the jury is unanimous. There were other developments here this week, including Joe Biden's fury over the betrayal of Saudi Arabia. The decision by OPEC Plus this week to curb oil production is precisely the opposite of what the president wanted and led to dark White House threats to recalibrate the relationship with Riyadh. Just weeks after the president traipsed to Saudi Arabia in an effort to bring the price of petrol down at home, the Saudis have taken action that will almost certainly see it rise ahead of the midterm elections. That is not much of a birthday present for Joe Biden, who will be turning 80 in just a month's time. But don't expect much of a public celebration. We're told here there is trepidation in the White House over a moment that could raise fresh questions about whether he really should seek a second term in office. Of course, by then, the voters in the midterm elections will have spoken. And there should be at least as much trepidation in the West Wing about that as there is about the president's significant birthday.